But if you help, what's your favorite color? We elves try to stick to the four main food groups. Candy, candy cane, candy corns, and syrup. I'm a cotton-headed ninny muggin. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. All righty then. Hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am GamerDude. Glad to have you with us for some more stories. This time we're talking about Christmas movies. Now, a lot of the time, my stories are about the things that I was growing up with, the things that I remember, my memories from childhood. And Christmas movies are kind of a part of that, but when I was growing up, we didn't have a lot of Christmas movies. There weren't a lot of movies that you'd go to in the theater to go check out for the holiday season. I mean, these days you get a Christmas movie every year. Somebody's releasing something. And nowadays, with the cable channels everywhere, Hallmark has... I think it's six months worth of Christmas movies. If you watch the Hallmark Channel, you can get a Christmas movie every day from July to December. I believe that's how many they have. But those aren't the real Christmas movies that we're talking about. When we talk about Christmas movies, we're talking about A Christmas Carol, the Dickens classic. More recently, we're talking about A Christmas Story, which has been around for a long time now. And we're talking about National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Those are the kind of movies that I'm talking about. When I was a kid, we didn't have those kind of movies. I remember The Wizard of Oz came out on TV every December. It was a kind of a Christmas movie because it came out in December. But then they stopped running it in December, probably because they started generating these Christmas movies that we watch now. It's a Wonderful Life has always been considered a Christmas movie for my entire life, but I didn't watch it for years. I'm not sure if it was because my parents didn't like it or because it just never came on TV on a regular basis like things do now. But I never considered It's a Wonderful Life a true Christmas movie. I mean, there's Christmas aspects to it, but I never thought of It's a Wonderful Life as a Christmas movie, even though they started playing it every year at Christmas. But over the years, we've had a good number of Christmas movies come out. And some of them have stood up really, really well and become Christmas classics. And some of them are like, eh. And then some of them are kind of overlooked. So what I'm going to talk about today are the Christmas movies that have come out over the years that, to me, are either my favorites or ones that I really like that I think may be overlooked and you should take a look at. And if we have time, we're going to do my defense of Love Actually as a Christmas movie. Now, before we get started, I know that there's going to be people saying, well, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. That better make your list. I'm going to tell you right now, Die Hard is not on my list of favorite Christmas movies. And I'm going to tell you what my criteria are for Christmas movies. A Christmas movie can involve, of course, the themes about Jesus and all the religious aspects of the holiday. Let's not forget that's what the holiday season is supposed to be about. But a Christmas movie, it can be funny. It can be touching. It's supposed to be about the spirit of giving. It's supposed to have references to the Christmas spirit, references to family. It could be a comedic reference. It could be a heartfelt reference. It could be about love, coming together, struggling with family, fighting with family, having fun with family. It's something about being together and the joy and the happiness The thrill of giving, the thrill of receiving, the thrill of finding love. These are all of the themes in a Christmas movie that, to me, make it a good Christmas movie. You don't get a lot of that in Die Hard. Yes, John McClane is worried about his wife, his family, his kids. There's a family aspect to it. Ho, 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 I have a machine gun. Yes, I get all that. It's a movie that sat at Christmas but isn't a Christmas movie, and that's my position on it. I love Die Hard. It's one of my favorite movies. 
It's not a Christmas movie. The same argument could be made for Lethal Weapon, just so you know. It's set at Christmas. There's a Christmas tree involved in the ultimate scene at the end of the movie. One of the opening scenes is Riggs trying to buy a Christmas tree. But it's a crime drama buddy picture set at Christmas that's not a Christmas movie. So just so you're not disappointed, and if you're looking for Die Hard and Lethal Weapon on this list, they're not here. So I've got 10 movies that I'm going to give you today. And I'm going to give you 10 because you've got plenty of time to get them all in before Christmas. The first five I'm going to give you are five movies that I think should be considered on your list of movies to watch at the Christmas season. They're not necessarily my favorites, but I really enjoy these movies. And I think that you will too. This is probably the most obscure of the movies that I like. It's called Four Christmases. It's got Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon in it. Now, not everybody likes this movie, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, it's not the best Christmas movie of all of them. It's not the most fun. It's not the funniest. It's not the most meaningful. It doesn't have the greatest message. But in my view, it does capture a lot about Christmas and the Christmas spirit and trying to spend family time at Christmas and having weird relatives all over the place. And I love Vince Vaughn, and I love Reese Witherspoon. So that's one of the reasons that Four Christmases makes my Christmas list. It's not a favorite, but it's one that if it comes on, I'll watch it. Because I think it it does have that Christmas feel to it. And if you haven't seen it, I recommend it. One of the first event Christmas movies that I went to on my own was a movie called Scrooged. That's the second one on my kind of overlooked, not quite obscure, but don't forget that it's out there Christmas movies. Scrooged has Bill Murray in the lead role, and Bill Murray is wonderful in that movie. For those who don't know, Scrooged is a retelling of A Christmas Carol, the Charles Dickens classic, but in a modern setting, in a modern TV network setup. And I'm not going to spoil the movie for you in case you haven't checked it out. But I recommend that you check it out because Bill Murray is hysterical in it. There's some great people in there, some great scenes in there that are definitely classical scenes. Carol Kane playing the ghost of the Christmas present is one of my favorite sequences in that whole movie. I don't want to spoil any lines for you, but you know the one that I'm thinking of if you've seen the movie. And if you haven't seen the movie, I definitely recommend that you go see it. You go get it on DVD. You watch it when it comes up on cable or on Netflix, wherever you can find it. It's a very funny, but also a very meaningful Christmas movie. It captures the spirit of Christmas. The next one on my list of movies that you should consider is Arthur Christmas. Now, I just learned about this movie a few years ago. It's been out for a while, but you know what? It's got a great holiday message. I mean, it's about Santa Claus and his father and his kids and giving gifts and all of the issues that go with that. And then it talks about what's most important at the holiday time. It has a great holiday message in it. It has a great Christmas message in it, and I highly recommend it. Now, I've already mentioned Scrooged, which is one telling of A Christmas Carol. There's another telling of A Christmas Carol that I really, really like. There's lots of versions of it. There's versions that date back to the 50s where they're live action movies. There's versions that have been around for forever. But the one that I really like is the one that Disney did just a few years ago. It's a it's an animated version with Jim Carrey in the lead as Ebenezer Scrooge. And it's a really well-done animation and a really good take on the story. The casting is great. 
The voice work is great. The animation is great. It was just a very appealing movie to me. I mean, I know the story. We all know the story of A Christmas Carol. But to see it told in a nice, interesting, colorful way, it was a very pleasant surprise when we went to see it in the theaters. And we have it on DVD and we watch it every year. It's a great version of A Christmas Carol. So if you haven't seen that one with Jim Carrey in the animated role, definitely recommend it. It has something in common with the next movie on the list of, I don't want to say overlooked movies, but ones that people don't gravitate to right away. The Polar Express. Both of those movies were done by Bob Zemeckis, who, for those who know movies, also did Back to the Future. So he's got kind of a vision. He's got a style. These are definitely Bob Zemeckis productions, both the Disney Christmas Carol and the Polar Express. The Polar Express was out for a few years before I took the time to sit down and watch it. And I'm so glad that I did. If you haven't seen it, it's a little longer than other Christmas movies, but it's definitely a well-told story. It's well worth the extra time. It's a really great story. It's got an interesting animation technique. Tom Hanks is in multiple roles in the movie does a lot of different appearances in the movie as different characters, and he does such a good job with it. Plus the story, it's such an original story, and yet it captures the spirit and the feeling of Christmas. And that's another one of the reasons that I love it. It just captures the feeling of Christmas. So those are the five that I recommend that aren't always the immediate thoughts when you think of a Christmas movie. If you're looking for something that's not the normal Christmas movie, not the one that everybody thinks of, you can pick from those five and you won't go wrong. Now, my top five are probably not going to be a surprise to anybody, especially if you've hung out in the Discord channel, because you already know the top three. These are the top five, my go-to Christmas movies. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is one of the funniest Christmas movies there is. It uniquely captures the feeling of hanging out with family at the holidays, All of the pressures of the holidays, unexpected drop-in visitors, some classic moments, some classic comedy. There's a scene in there, and I'm sure you've all seen it, but if you haven't, go see it. It's so funny. I remember watching this with my dad, and there's a scene in there that he was just hysterically laughing over. And it made me laugh because he was laughing so hard. It's the scene where... He uses the lubricant on the bottom of the flying saucer to go shooting down the hill. My dad thought that was the funniest thing he'd seen in ages, and he was practically rolling on the floor laughing. And I still remember his laugh every time I see the movie, and it makes me laugh. Not so much because the scene is so funny, but because my dad's laugh was so contagious, and he was just so genuinely laughing at that, at that entire sequence. And if for no other reason that movie makes my top five, because it reminds me so much of my dad, but some of the other classic scenes, the Christmas tree hunting, because we've done that. We've gone out into the fields looking for the Christmas trees and the lighting of the house. Oh my God, I remember the times where I've been trying to light the house and the trees and the yard and going through all the different strings of lights. And there are just so many moments that ring true and hit the funny bone dead solid perfect. It's really a great movie. And I love watching that every Christmas. Also in my top five, Vince Vaughn makes another appearance. I love this movie. Not everybody does, but I love Fred Claus. I think that is such a good movie. It's so well done. It's such a unique take on the Christmas story. 
I don't know if you've seen it or not, because not everybody knows Fred Claus, but very briefly, Vince Vaughn plays Santa Claus's brother, and he plays what it's like to grow up as Santa Claus's brother. And it is really well done. Paul Giamatti plays Santa Claus, and people may have some issues with Kevin Spacey in the movie. I can separate his personal issues from my enjoyment of this movie because this movie is so well done. I enjoy it so much, and I watch this one every year, every year. Fred Claus makes me laugh, and I really like it a lot. Plus, it captures, and this is the key for me, it captures the spirit of Christmas. And for me, a Christmas movie has to capture the spirit of Christmas. Also on the list, of course, Elf. How could you not have a list without Elf on it? To me, this is Will Ferrell's best role. He does such a good job as Buddy the Elf. It's so hysterical watching him do everything in that movie. Plus, you've got James Caan in there who does such a perfect bad dad. Even though he's not really bad, but he's a typical working class dad kind of guy who's always obsessed with work, and he does such a good job conveying that. You've got Mary Steenburgen in it. She does a great job. I think she's good in everything she's in. Zoe Deschanel is in it. She's awesome in there as well. And then you've got that little cameo of Bob Newhart, who I've always been a fan of. I mean, the cast is perfect. The comedy is spot on. And Christmas spirit, the Christmas message is baked into the entire movie. And I love that. A Christmas Story is also in my top five. And if you've listened to other episodes of the podcast, you've heard me talk about Gene Shepard. And A Christmas Story is based on Gene Shepard's work. Gene Shepard was an underappreciated genius, in my opinion. And that's exemplified in the story that became the movie A Christmas Story. I heard him tell these stories on the radio when I was growing up. And when they put those stories into this movie, I had to go see it. And I have seen it for literally decades. It is such a good movie. I still love it. I still watch it every year. And even though we have it on DVD, we still watch it when it comes up on TV. It's one of my favorite movies. The story is so good. It captures the spirit of Christmas from the eyes of a child and wanting that gift and the disappointment and the excitement. And just everything about that movie is just so well done. I love A Christmas Story. And that leaves one. It's been out 15 years now, and I loved it from the first time that I saw it. The movie is called Love Actually. We actually viewed it for a family movie night in Christmas 2017. We had a couple folks watch the whole movie, and I love sharing this movie. I love watching this movie. Every time it comes on, I'll put it on TV. Of course I have the DVD. I have the script. I have books about it. I love this movie. It is so well told, and it is such a good movie. There are so many stories involved. There is so much going on, and it's all wrapped around the spirit of Christmas. And to me, it captures the spirit of Christmas. Now, all of that said, and I won't go into all of the stories, but I am going to go into a couple of the stories for a couple of reasons. I said at the beginning there'd be a little bit of a defense of love, actually. There's a movement out there, and there's a lot of people who don't like the movie and say the movie sends the wrong message and has bad things about love, and it's really not a love story, and it's a horrible message to people in love. And I say, nay, nay, I must object. You're entitled to your opinion. Everybody's entitled to their opinion about whatever. You can hate something. You can love something. And if you think that Love Actually is a bad movie, then you're entitled to that opinion. But let me explain why I don't think it's a bad movie. People complain that there's no real good love stories in there. 
every story in there is about love. But every story in the movie is about the different aspects of love and the different kinds of love. And the reason that it's set at Christmas time, and maybe you disagree with me on this, but at Christmas time for me, that's the time of year when emotions are stronger, feelings are stronger. You have a heightened sense of people around you and family and people you care about. So to set all of these love stories around Christmas time is an inspired bit of writing to me. Because when I watch that movie, I get emotional because I care about Christmas and people and love and feelings. And having it wrapped around the holidays just is the perfect package to me. I will mention the most problematic relationship. It's the one with Andrew Lincoln and Kira Knightley and Chiwetela Jiafor, who are in this love triangle. And people complain about that relationship. And I'll give you that there's some problems with that relationship. For those who don't know, Andrew Lincoln is in love with his best friend's wife and is almost obsessed with her, but never says anything or does anything about it. It's a problematic relationship, especially because she goes and kisses him and then he says, okay, that's the end of it. Okay, that's really a weird little relationship, but I can defend it because it's something that does happen. It's a kind of love that's out there and people do feel that unrequited love and they find themselves in situations that they don't expect to be in and people take exception with his cue card proclamation of love. And I get that that's kind of icky and kind of stalkery. But at the end of it, he walks away and she walks away. And it's just one example of the different kinds of love that are out there. To me, one of the most powerful love stories is the one with Emma Thompson and Alan Rickman as the husband and wife who've been married for years. And there's spoilers here. So in case you haven't seen the movie, if you don't want to hear the end of the podcast, I'm going to give you spoilers in order to defend a movie that I truly love. I'll try to keep the spoilers to a minimum, but in order to defend it, I have to say a few things. Alan Rickman gives a gift to his secretary that his wife finds and is expecting to get it herself, and she doesn't get it. And so she has a moment where the realization that her husband gave an expensive gift to somebody else strikes her on Christmas Eve. By the way, Emma Thompson, so awesome. Love Emma Thompson and such a great actress. And she makes that whole sequence so powerful. It hits me in the feels every time, every single time. And people complain, well, that's not love. That's horrible. He's a cheating husband. And yeah, he is. There's no question about it. He's a rat. But the love aspect of the story has to go with her love of her family, her love of the relationship she's built, her love of her children. And how strong is that love? And how important is it to keep that together, especially at Christmas? And what's more important? And it's her love of her family that wins out. And to me, that's a powerful affirmation of what love can do. And at the end of the movie, you can see she hasn't forgiven him. Can the rift be healed? They don't answer that in the movie, but they don't have to because the love of the family triumphs in that scenario. Then there's the Laura Linney story. Laura Linney plays an American worker in England and she has a special needs brother she's taking care of, but she's also madly in lust with a co-worker. Now, critics of the movie view the special needs brother and her need to care for him as an impediment to getting into a relationship with Kurt, this co-worker. But I don't see the love there. Kurt is a jerk. 
Kurt is an uninvolved, narcissistic nobody who isn't worth her time and doesn't understand how to be a supportive person. The love in that relationship is between Laura Linney and her brother. And that's the most important part of that entire story arc. And people lose sight of the fact that Laura Linney recognizes that family love, love for her brother, is the most important thing. And she doesn't let that come second to anything. And that's why I love that story arc. People also take exception to Hugh Grant, who's playing the prime minister, to his relationship with his personal aide. And they say, well, it's a person of power getting involved with a subordinate. And yeah, that can be a problem depending on the circumstances. But people fall in love all of the time under all different kinds of circumstances. People hate that he made a foreign policy decision out of jealousy. Well, you know what? The way I view it, he made a foreign policy decision because he found out the U.S. president, who's played by Billy Bob Thornton, who, by the way, would be a breath of fresh air these days, wouldn't you think? But he made a foreign policy decision because he found out that the president is a dirtbag and he's not going to deal with a dirtbag like he's a normal human being. Maybe jealousy had a role, but you know what? Hugh Grant's love of his country made him put his country first and poke the dirtbag in the eye. And the relationship that he has with Natalie is consensual. He didn't fire her. He moved her when he was worried that his feelings might get in the way and then realized it was a mistake and went looking for her. But he didn't make her do anything that she didn't already want to do because she was in love with him. And we could tell that from the beginning. All of the earmarks of a good relationship were there. They just had to put it together. And the fact that they ultimately were able to is a tribute to the love between two people and, yes, Christmas magic, the Christmas spirit. Because I do believe in the Christmas spirit and the magic of Christmas. It makes magical things happen. But I'm going to tell you, of all of the relationships in that movie, I think one of my favorites is the one between Bill Nighy, the faded rock star, and his manager. The movie is called Love, actually. And what we discover as the movie goes on is that Bill Nye and his manager, and I really should remember the actor's name who plays the manager, but I can't remember it off the top of my head. But Bill Nye and his manager have one of the purest platonic loves that there is. There's nothing wrong with a platonic love, by the way. You can love somebody, and it doesn't have to be romantic, and it doesn't have to be sexual. And that, I think, is the most important message from the movie, is that you have these two guys who've been together for decades And they come to realize that they love each other because they love each other. And that's all there is to it. And when you mix that message that love can be anywhere with anyone involving any kind of relationship with the Christmas spirit, it's Christmas magic. And that's one of my favorite messages out of the entire movie. And that's why I love Love Actually as my favorite Christmas movie. Now, I didn't mention one of my favorite characters in Love Actually, And he is underused in the movie. I wish he was in it more. Rowan Atkinson plays the perfect character in the movie. His role in Love Actually, he's like, to me, the Christmas angel in that movie. Things happen because of him in that movie. The scene in the store where he's wrapping up the bracelet makes me laugh to this day. Every single time that I see it, it is so well done. And the interplay between Rowan Atkinson and Alan Rickman is spot-on perfect. But then, don't forget, at the end of that movie, he plays a crucial role. And it's like 
the Christmas angel flitting in and out of scenes as he needs to and does just what needs to be done. I love Rowan Atkinson in that movie. He was so good. So there you have it. 10 Christmas movies that you can check out. My top five plus my five overlooked marginal movies that I think you should check out. You can agree or disagree with these choices. I'm sure I'll hear some disagreement about them. But at least you've got plenty of time to check all of them out before Christmas and let me know how wrong I am or how right I am. And please feel free to do so. I welcome your comments. That's going to do it for this episode of Storytime. Thanks so much for listening. I do appreciate the fact that you take the time to listen to my stories, my rantings, my musings. It means a lot to me. And you guys are the absolute best for taking the time to do so. Until next time, you guys take care of yourselves. And I'll see you when I see you.